Damn, what is up, my internet friend? Welcome to Walking and Talking. This is Ben Bennett. What follows is the audio version of an episode of Walking and Talking, which was originally recorded as a video and published on YouTube. I'm transferring all of these episodes over to this audio podcast format to offer you an additional way of listening that should be more conducive to doing other things at the same time, whether that's walking, commuting, doing some kind of work, or any experience you think could be improved by having my extended rants superimposed over it. Although these were originally shot as videos, it has always been about the talking, and while you may occasionally hear me reference something visual, you won't be missing any crucial information by only listening to the audio. You can always go back and look at the YouTube video if you're curious about some visual element. Publishing this as audio in addition to YouTube videos does take extra time, work, and money on my part, so if you appreciate this, please consider supporting me through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Benjamin Bennett. I'm not running any ads or promotions on walking and talking either here or on YouTube, and I'd prefer to keep it that way. Patron support is the only source of income that I have from this show. As of this recording, I am allowing some ads on some of my Sitting and Smiling videos, but you would be shocked at how little revenue YouTube gives me from that, especially considering the number of ad exposures. I'm fairly convinced that the aggregated damage to my viewers' psyches caused by those ad exposures is nowhere near a worthy trade-off for the small pittance of ad revenue that I receive in return. And yet, I do need to support myself somehow in order to keep doing this type of work. If I had just another $200 per month of patron support, I could completely remove ads from my YouTube channel and spare thousands of viewers the harmful, manipulative, psychological tactics that advertisers tend to use, and still be able to get by. So if you're trying to decide whether or not to donate, that's one way you could calculate the potential utility of your dollars allowing me to keep making these four-hour shows while saving people the distraction and the brainwashing of video advertisements. I also want to ratchet up the frequency and the quality of these shows as well as start a new series, and any small amount of financial support that I get helps enormously towards these ends. As I've said before, I'm an anti-consumerist tightwad who likes to extract every last bit of utility out of the scantest of resources so you can be assured that your donation will go far. You can sign up for as little as 2 bucks a month on Patreon, and that gives you access to some exclusive content as well. The URL is patreon.com slash Benjamin Bennett, and I'll put that link in the show notes as well, in case you want to pause this show and go check it out right now. Lastly, I'd love to receive your thoughtful questions, comments, philosophical treatises and tractates, poems, and low-glycemic recipes at sittingandsmiling at gmail.com. With no further spiel, let's get on to the real spiel. Hello, my internet friends. Welcome back to Walking and Talking. The show where I walk and talk. It's always hard to start.
I'm still having a hard time starting. There's some thoughts, some thoughts in my head about the I guess kind of like patheticness of this in some way there's something there's something pathetic about walking and talking but while I say that and feel s some truth to it, uh, I also hold in the back of my mind the knowledge of the the uh, transitory nature of of that reality, of that truth, of this being. Pathetic. <clears throat> and while it's tr it's true to the extent that it seems true right now, it most likely won't stay true forever. And if I can use previous episodes of walking and talking as a gauge for, I mean, for as evidence for the, the changing nature of experience, then... I can kind of rest assured that at some point I'll have the opposite experience of from patheticness. I'm going to be doing an activity that um, has practical application during some of the time while I walk and talk. But I'm going to try as best I can to continue talking while I do this. And for my talking, not to become limited to this kind of uh, 
direct material world practicality. And maybe for the talking not to even address what it is that I'm doing materially. thinking about I'm thinking about your experience and what kind of value I might be bringing to your experience while I do this and I feel concerned about that I also wonder if it might not be a, a good idea to uh, move away from the sound of this chainsaw as it's, uh, it's a sound that, it's like the archetypal sound that's like uh, grating on your, on your consciousness and agitating. It's like the archetypal agitating sound. It's a chainsaw. That and a jackhammer. If there was also a jackhammer going, it would be just like the picture of, uh, of agitation. Whereas the, the chainsaw is maybe uh, the uh, rural, the rural uh, archetypal agitating sound and the jackhammer is the archetypal urban agitating sound. The chainsaw happens out in the woods and disturbs your peace, and the jackhammer happens on the streets in the city and disturbs your peace. I wonder what it is in particular about those sounds that make it harder to, to feel at ease. I mean, they're both they're both sounds of machines that are very powerfully cutting through something or sm or breaking through something, and so maybe a sound like that—it's it's you you sonically experience the like destruction of uh, material and. That can like, you know, from an, from an evolutionary standpoint, there's, there's reason for that sound to array, to, to, to raise concern if it's in your vicinity, you know, a sound of a very, uh, you know, in the, in the physical, immediate physical material sense, destructive power 
but in the longer, you know, it's 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 you know generally in service, ideally of something constructive, of uh, but in, in the immediate sense destructive. Now it's gone, and so it's just the uh, now it's the sound of my own voice that uh, that can be the main perturbance to my own experience, listening to my own voice. But I don't really feel that way. There's a moment there where I felt myself just begin to kind of hear my own voice and um, a, a slight level of detachment started to occur there. It's, uh, it's really interesting that this seems to occur now in my life more and more exclusively while I'm doing walking and talking. It's like... It's like in, in most of my regular life, I just feel like I'm me and I'm here thinking and I have this identity and I have to do certain things and I'm, I'm full of worries and problems and emotional distress <clears throat> and then when I walk and talk I just start becoming disidentified with all of that stuff. And it helps me here to keep the talking continuous. Because once I, once I stop, then there's this danger of my thoughts running in my head, unexamined. And, and, me, and then, then starting to, to uh, take over in a way that I become more identified with them.
don't know if I can ever escape uh, fully though. What is this uh, identification? This having an identity. Eventually I will, you know. I'll die and then I won't have there won't be any more possibility even of identifying as a self so maybe in the present while I am still alive maybe I should find a way to appreciate the rare possibility of identifying as itself, of being a person, even though it's like full of problems all the time. Maybe not all the time. Still not, I'm still not very in it yet. I'm still, uh, I'm still not centered in talking yet. My attention is split between talking and doing this other thing that I'm doing, and and then other unrelated thoughts. that I've, I've chosen not to disclose. I think once I start walking again, that will help. not doing what I said I would do. Now I am. Now I'm continuing to talk. I'm on two feet. Um, but I guess I should be taking more steps if I want to, if I want this to really count as walking. Am I, I am I, truly behaving in the spirit of walking and talking? Well, as I said that, I think I was. But before I said it, I had doubts. But saying it, I think actualized 
thing in question. Let's keep walking. Can you really watch this video? Do you want to watch this video? Isn't it a waste of your time? I really don't want to waste your time. But, um, and, uh, maybe the, maybe what we're looking for here is a kind of understanding of what's going on here that, that is actually on a different level of thinking than this idea of time wasted or time well spent. It's hard for me to think of right now, it's really hard for me to think of what would constitute time well spent. Um, to be honest, that pretty much anything I think of that I could be doing right now, any imagined way to spend time seems as equally meaningless as this way of spending time. And so I just kind of continue doing this um, without any illusion that it is meaningful, but uh, even as I say that, it's true that I do hold out for the possibility of having an experience that would either have meaning or, or at least not exactly feel meaningless, per se. But more truthfully, Would, would again do away with this dichotomy of having meaning or not. 
like both and or neither. I kind of wonder I wonder how important the you know, conceptual meaning of the things I say is when compared to just the the overall emotional tone that gets transferred. I guess both have the potential to affect your experience. You know what I just thought about? I thought about how I kind of thought about some moment from some past episode of Walking and Talking where I was doing something that on the surface seemed funny or something and then I felt I felt retroactively embarrassed of that. And I guess just because it, when having a thought about doing that thing compared to my current emotional state felt untrue. Like I don't feel funny right now. But as just as I said that, like when I said, when I uh, started to say I don't feel funny. that caused me to to examine my experience a little bit closer to question a little bit more acutely how it is that I do feel and and then I kind of realized I don't exactly feel not funny I don't exactly not feel funny right now but I don't feel fully funny like, even uh, what I'm saying now, and how I'm saying it, discussing the, this possibility of, of uh, being funny or not, there's exists within it like a very slight sense of humorousness to it. And simultaneously, just like a, a seriousness. And I could say that I find that a little bit I find that fact humorous. Like I find my experience of that to be slightly humorous. And I also find it I also find it humorous to hear myself describe myself as as feeling humorous in such a dry 
almost emotionless tone. A just very matter-of-fact, declamatory tone. And I, I, and I, I found that last sentence to be slightly humorous too, but it's like I didn't uh, experience the humor um, emotionally, really. Like I didn't, I didn't. Um, well, I didn't. I didn't react. I didn't react emotionally to the humorousness. And that's what made it more humorous to me. Like this. Like I feel, I feel funny to myself right now in, in a way that uh, I, I can't imagine uh, like an, another comedian saying something right now that would be funnier to me. But of course, you know, how could I? Because if I could imagine it, then it wouldn't. If I could imagine it myself, then it wouldn't be funny. You know what I'm saying? When, when something's funny that somebody else says, it's because it makes this like kind of surprising connection in your mind. But that wasn't very funny. But that last thing might have been a little bit, maybe a little, maybe a little bit. But I think if I, it's as if, it's if I, it's as if if I try to be funny, then it won't be funny. It'll fail. But what happens if I try to be serious? It almost seems like if I try to be serious, it's going to be funny. Like, let me try to be serious now. Here, here I am being serious. Like, what I'm saying now, I'm making my most earnest and concerted effort for it to be 100% serious. There's no humor involved in this utterance whatsoever. Was that humorous? I'm not sure. I think that while I was saying it, while I was saying it, I didn't, I don't know if I f fully believed in the seriousness because I was kind of trying to see if I experienced any humor in that. I've been squatting this whole time. Squatting and talking.
you should see what I see. Although you can't actually see what I see because you can't see the camera. But that's what I was looking at, but with the camera sitting there on a big wooden stick. I'm still just thinking about whether this is funny or not. It might, I think it might be. It's a, it's a little bit funny to me. Ow. But we better keep, we better keep talking here or we'll be wasting precious time. We'll be wasting our lives if we don't stay on task. We'll be wasting our lives if we don't achieve monumentous things. We'll be wasting our lives if we don't spend every moment achieving something. And so I should be talking absolutely continuously. Or else I'll be wasting my time and your time. Where's, this is, this is still, there's still uh, difficulty present for me. There's still not knowing what to say and not knowing and, and like a, a worry that I'm not achieving and a worry that I'm wasting my life that's still present here. When's it gonna go away? It'll go away once I achieve more, right? But really it just keeps it just keeps going. What if I succumb to mediocrity? 
and invisibility. What if, what if tons of people aren't thinking about me all the time? What, what happens, what'll happen if, if I'm not receiving accolades and popularity and money and fame? What if I what if I end up just living a, a regular life and then dying? What happens if I'm not admired? By, by thousands of people. Or at least, or at least known. What happens if, uh, what happens if, if nobody else really ever knows me fully? And how do I how do I know how do I know if I'm on the right track to achieving something? You know? If I do something that is uh, a sanctioned and already recognized path towards achievement. then won't that be a kind of non-achievement because it's, uh, there's no difficulty involved in identifying what needs to be achieved, you know? There's a, a path already set out for achievement and I do that, what kind of achievement is that? Where's the contribution? Don't I have to just achieve something by um, by working wholeheartedly in a direction that goes contrary to all recognizable assessments of value?
so that some at some further point down the line I can be recognized as having contributed some value what is that bug That bug looked like a miniature hummingbird. Can I be an achiever by... Uh, in intensely intensely experiencing having the experience of the the painful experience of non-achievement is that what's happening now or or am I am I uh, am I failing to do that by starting to rationalize now in what way what I'm it, the way that in which what I'm doing is achieving something. Am I like negating its achievement now by one by by mentally reframing it as an achievement and therefore not experiencing the uh, the existential suffering? required and also and also you know is existential suffering like uh, a necessary component of achievement I, I I really think it is to be honest I think people are gonna say say tell me it's it's not but I think it's I think they're almost I think they're almost like one and the same Like if you're not suffering, well, there's different definitions of suffering. Some might define suffering as experiencing pain in an in an unnecessary way, or in an unproductive way. Differentiating that from pain, which can be experienced in a in a productive or necessary way.
But for me, I don't know. I don't know. I experience a lot of suffering and I don't know if it's productive or not. Certainly, I'm not in a position where, at the moment, where all of my suffering makes sense to me. I'm not in a position where I can see a reason or meaning behind all of my suffering. And there's this possibility that it could be due to a mistake on my part, a faulty way of thinking about things. But if I have a faulty way of thinking about things, you know, why would there just why would there just be that mistake in reality? Surely everything has to belong in some way. And if it does belong, then it seems like it would follow that at some point I would understand the meaning of it, the purpose behind it. And, and by purpose, I mean, I just mean that that I would understand its belongingness in reality. And maybe once I understand its belongingness, then it ceases to be suffering. You know, sometimes, but then sometimes I look, I look out at other people, and and uh, maybe I imagine that they've either figured something out 
or they just happen to be born in a way where it seems like they don't experience as much suffering as I do. I don't I don't know if that's true. I don't really know. But like people who like at least on appearance like just don't don't think about this type of stuff or something like that. They or they just don't worry about it and then they don't create this problem for themselves. They just kind of go about their life doing, you know, just doing life. And I don't see any evidence of suffering. But, you know, sometimes maybe I don't know, I wonder, maybe those people are just like, maybe they're just incredibly uh, stoic, or, yeah, I don't know, maybe they know something I don't understand. Where they're able to, to maintain some positivity like all the time. I see, I see people who seem so much more positive than me. And then I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like that corresponds to my experienced reality. hovering there. And then I then I, I like maybe I try to rationalize it. by wondering to myself um, if somebody's like if somebody seems to like not suffer for life if like life seems easy for them is it because they're like either like not trying hard enough to do good in the world or they're uh, they're ignorant of the pain and suffering that exists in the world or or they're kind of like protecting themselves from suffering um, by either directly or, or indirectly like 
um, kind of casting that suffering onto other people. You know, like if you're like in in one way or another, like maintaining yourself very comfortable uh, existence or something, but like in one way or another on the backs of others. I wonder about that sometimes. But then again, like, then again, I wonder, like, like when I see somebody who, who does maintain this, a positive attitude all the time, it's like, like, even that is like giving. Like to, to, I don't know, is it, is it, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Like for me, if I experience, if I, if I interact if I interact with somebody who's positive, what does that do for me? Um, does it cause me to feel less suffering? Uh, it's not not necessarily not necessarily the case. Like, like if there's somebody feeling, there's there's somebody who appears to be extremely positive when, when I feel not the same way, and I feel differently, and I interact with them, I, I might just feel a kind of disconnect and, uh, and like a loneliness. Because it seems like that person and I don't seem to be sharing the same reality exactly. But then at the same time, at the same time, I am drawn emotionally towards certain people that have, that, that maintain like uh, positive energy. I feel a attracted to it sometimes. But maybe, I don't know. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that is, is like, even if there's that attraction, I don't know if that's genuinely um, contributing to my own happiness. Because like, there, there might still be, there might still be a kind of separation a kind of distance between us.
I think I think that that truly the type of human interaction that contributes to my feeling of well-being is really one where I just feel um, like we have a shared sense of reality. I think that's I think that's definitely the case you know much more so than um, than interacting with somebody who 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 seems to display a, a positivity that that seems um, in in discord from my own experience to reality. And I, you just have to grant that that person is experiencing a different reality, and and hopefully you can. Hopefully, hopefully you know I can be fine with that. The thing with YouTube is like you have all these options of videos to choose to watch and so you can choose to watch a video that best seems to correlate with your experience of reality. And then I, I kind of make all of these videos and make them public to just kind of see if there are any other people in the world that, that uh, to just kind of probe and see if there is other people that share more or less my experience of reality. See what resonances there might be.
Is that a blessing and a curse? It might be. might be a curse in that maybe it might be a curse in that this time spent both for me and for you is um, in the absence of the immediate presence of another physical person which grants it uh, some kind of uh, loneliness that is never really fully, uh, you know, solved in, in walking and talking. Like for me, <clears throat> of course, your presence here as a viewer Um, does it does does a tremendous deal towards uh, preventing me from experiencing total loneliness while I'm doing this, and and like I've said before, it it, it really pl plays a huge part in. Uh, creating this experience for me of, you know, continuously communicating and then on your end <clears throat> like it, it might be reasonable to assume that if you're watching this video like if, if it might be reasonable to assume that if you have the attention span to be able to watch this video uh, that you might experience loneliness sometimes and maybe this video could be serving as uh, a, a slight respite from your loneliness but it's never it never like it's never as full an experience as interacting with a person one-on-one -on -one. or just like not necessarily one-on-one -on -one, but just like in real life whoa I just found a morel holy shit check it out boing the most elusive mushroom ever hell yeah
Now I'm gonna. Now I'm not gonna be able to do anything but look for morels. Well, at least you know. I'm. I immediately now like. I'm gonna have this search image of, of this thing in my eyes now. Where can I put this so it doesn't get destroyed? It's not even really big enough for a, a single bite, for an entire bite. Yeah, like I was saying, like, this video is never going to be as full an experience of as interacting with another person, but but still, it's like it's also like interacting with other people can be just as disappointing. Just because, like, you you may not share the same realities, and then if if you do share the same realities, like it might not last for a long, and then like the connection might not last for a long, and then then you feel like uh, and a, a, like an equivalent amount of disconnect because of that. You might be, you know, even if you if you initially find connection with another per person, you may be disappointed by it, uh, when you reach its the limit to that connection. In some ways, this might not be this might not be worse than than like uh, friendship, you know. This might this might be between you and I some weird form of friendship. It's like I don't really demand anything of you. And I just kind of make myself, well, I, I make myself available in the sense of like this, like this, uh, this monologue you can access at any time. And I, I, I remain like, uh, you know, cognizant of, of your presence, but, you know, I don't really, 
I don't really like know you as a person at all and that's and and that's like uh, you know it doesn't give you any of that uh, comfort of being known as a person but and and, and uh, at the same time like I'm not relating to you in a way where you get to exactly know me as a person you know like I'm not really like talking about myself per se or revealing that much about myself exactly or at least I'm not really trying to but I'm, I'm trying more to to focus on the, the, uh, the deep qualities of my experience <clears throat> my just experience of uh, living and, and really my experience of, of making this video and and my experience of relating to you in this way uh, focusing on the deeper qualities of this experience um, that that I hope are deep enough that they are somewhat universal and and might resonate with the deep deeper aspects of your experience That's why I'm kind of trying to like cut deeper like through like personality. So it's like I, I recognize, I recognize that this video won't, probably won't alleviate loneliness in the sense that, that you will, you know, feel known and connected with as a person. But it may it may help you 
that may help you connect with a kind of realm of your experience that that uh, transcends your personhood and transcends your loneliness, at least temporarily. can't help but keep looking for morels now. You know, I just saw that one completely on accident, just sitting in one spot for a long time. Without even looking for it. But now I assume if I'm looking for them that I won't probably won't find any. So far, I have mostly been inhabiting a slightly low energetic and emotional level, and the nature of most of the thoughts that I have been speaking have dealt with kind of low-level unpleasant emotions like loneliness and and disconnection feelings of of lack So, you know, talking about the, the, the anxiety of achievement, and I recognize that there may be some value to talking about those things. Especially if, wow, I'm, it's amazing that like half of my brain now is just occupied with scanning the ground with, for morels. Especially with the, the high likelihood that some people watching this video 
may also be experiencing similar things or experience those things at times. And so there's this opportunity now, if I am feeling those emotions to kind of see what other experiences might be possible for me in this moment. Look at that critter. Is that a critter or is that just the skin of a critter? You know, there's this question of, <clears throat> do you allow yourself to, to like sit with those emotions and thoughts and, and just experience them without trying immediately to like, get rid of them? Or do you do things to alter your own mood and alter your own thought patterns? into ones that are more positive. I think that the way I've been talking so far is not negative. <clears throat> but it's possibly could be considered even a productive examination of my inner experience and experiences that are probably not uncommon to most people. When you when you experience unpleasantness, you know unpleasant emotions, unpleasant thoughts. Unpleasant physiological experiences. Then the question is, what's the, what's the best thing to do? Um, is it to, like I said before, you know, try to immediately, immediately alter your experience 
or is it to kind of like in some way try and like befriend that experience and examine it until until uh in some way it, it becomes something else um or you 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 allow yourself to experience it fully and for long enough that you can finally understand its belongingness and then at that point you discover and at that point it ceases to be an unpleasant thing but it, it becomes a meaningful part of of your reality because I tend to think I tend to think that when we immediately um, try to get away from any unpleasant experience by using some some method to you know immediately alleviate the unpleasantness that that often leads to an unstable state or it, it just kind of shifts the unpleasantness it it uh, just kind of puts it off till later and and maybe it maybe the unpleasantness comes back either in the same form or a different form like you you know you feel tired so you drink coffee and then uh and then you don't feel tired after you drink the coffee but you might feel like jittery or anxious and maybe you feel maybe you just feel much more tired like later when the coffee wears off and then and then you're more dependent on coffee and then if you don't have the coffee then you just feel even more tired and then and then then you have this extra burden of having to always have coffee around in order to feel the same baseline level of energy I'm sure some people would disagree. This is uh, another episode, perhaps similar to the last episode, where I recognize that it, one of its functions, maybe. Uh, a type of physiological and emotional and mental recalibration as in it's functioning for me as 
framework that will encourage me to persist in, in being present with my experience without the use of any kind of um, stimulating input or uh, you know ameliorator, ameliorative input in order to that would serve to avoid any unpleasantness so to, to put that more simply that this is an experience for me that kind of forces me to deal with myself without having any outside input to make it easier. There's no physiological stimulant like um, like any kind of stimulating food and there's no informational input like like maybe some some like internet article that would make me feel better about myself so this is this is like just a question of experiencing four hours of 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 certainly witnessing all my thoughts a little more clearly than I might if I weren't talking to you and so maybe maybe by this process It'll aid me in becoming recalibrated towards uh, being able to maintain an energetic and emotional equilibrium without any outside help, you know, without without being like dependent on anything outside or anyone outside. Although, like. There's still there's still you to some extent, but you're removed a little bit. But it is but I, I I mean I do get some emotional feedback or like you know, some positive feedback in the form of some of the positive comments that I read sometimes. So maybe truer to form would be to not read the comments at all. But you know, along with the positive comments, there's there's plenty of negative ones to balance them out. They don't really bother me. The negative comments don't don't bother me really. 
I guess that's I guess that's a positive outlook. You know, the positive comments that I read uh, do inspire me, but the negative comments that I read don't bother me or hinder me. But really the, the comments, the comments that, uh, that make me feel the best are, are just the, uh, the ones that express, you know, a slightly more nuanced thought that seems to resonate with one of my own or, or just a comment that seems to express a sh uh, that the commenter is sharing my reality to some extent or shares my view to some extent and so maybe you know maybe that is an emotional crutch that would be if if I were more disciplined I wouldn't indulge in But maybe it's fine because in some way, hello, hello. in some way it might um, contribute to a positive feedback loop in which if somebody is emotionally supportive of me, then it contributes my to my ability to uh, I don't know, dis display some kind of emotional slash mental strength in these videos. I'm not sure though. I'm not really sure though, because uh, even disparaging comments, I I, I still. It doesn't, it doesn't dissuade me whatsoever. Even dis the disparaging comments may, in fact, strengthen my resolve. But truthfully, it is, it is pretty independent of, of response. like this this activity is is certainly and intentionally one of communication and accessible 
to you know I, I, I think of it as an accessible communication uh, provided that you speak English language which I recognize is a severe limitation on the audience so while, while it is an intentional act of communication it's still pretty autonomous from response and in some ways I don't know maybe maybe in uh maybe this maybe it's narcissistic but in some ways it feels to me like in this mode of communication I'm able to communicate more honestly maybe because of the slight remove from the immediate social interaction with a person in which maybe I maybe in an immediate social interaction with a person I'm uh, too afraid to be in conflict or to contradict or too afraid to upset a person maybe i maybe i am in some ways in social interaction afraid of upset or conflict And so if, if that's the case, then maybe this mode of communication is like my way to uh, express myself honestly um, in a way that may be upsetting to people, annoying, probably, uh, certainly, certainly uh, frowned upon and ridiculed by some people. But maybe the internet is a level of, of mediation that makes that more more tolerable for me.
but also in in this in this medium it's like it doesn't uh, it's not demanding any space it's not demanding any of the like attentional space really it's just making this available in a world where there are like nearly infinite other options available at your fingertips which isn't exactly the case if I'm uh, engaged in, in uh, IRL conversation with someone. I may be reluctant to, you know, take up their mental space. And I'm certainly very reluctant to, like, negate anyone's point of view. I had the thought now of, you know, <clears throat> observing my, I guess like, kind of like, medium low energy level here, my slightly slow rate of talking, I had the thought of, I wonder if I should try and put in some effort into speaking faster and elevating my energy state. And maybe I, maybe I will put in a little bit of effort towards that and just see what it feels like. I'm trying now and uh, I can feel the element of effort occurring because I still want to be thinking clear clearly so I'm wondering if I can think both clearly and quickly and I wonder also what it would be like if I start walking faster because I've been I've been doing a lot of uh, very slow walking and squatting and sitting <clears throat> And, uh, you know, this might be part of this recalibration process that I mentioned a little bit ago. But 
I wonder if really I need to experience the discomfort of putting in effort, extra effort, to think and talk faster with a higher energy level, even when it doesn't feel very natural. Maybe that will actually aid and hasten this recalibration process and contribute to me having a being able to maintain a higher energy level in the long term. Let's try it out. I'll, uh, what I'll do is I'll walk on the trail so that I can actually walk faster without having to think about where I'm stepping as much. I won't have to think about avoiding poison ivy and I won't have to think about avoiding stepping on uh, plants. So here I am on a trail walking significantly faster than I have been in this video and I can immediately feel uh, a change in the quality of my experience. Just this feeling, there's just an increased like feeling of speed of things moving along that feels refreshing actually. <clears throat> like uh, if, if you know like relative kind of uh, low level like stasis or something uh, while thinking about things like loneliness and lack of connection and 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 framing framing this experience of what I'm doing in terms of being kind of a stand-in for something else seems to be what I was doing and now it's like I'm not sure exactly if I'm thinking like as perfectly clearly as I could be and I'm not even sure exactly what that means But in, in some ways, walking faster now, like I feel a little bit, I feel a little bit more fully in my body or something like that than before. Like more, more fully connected to this bodily experience. And by feeling more connected to the bodily experience, it's kind of like... Um, like I can feel more connected to reality as a whole. Uh, it's as if I can like connect through to reality through my body. But you know, I have to like feel like I'm fully inhabiting my body 
in order to that happen for that to happen first and I also I'm thinking about now like what if I even start running a little bit you know it's still it feels a little bit unnatural at the moment like there's still some still some soreness uh, in some of my muscles owing to previous activities but while I'm doing this um, I guess doing this like kind of takes away some of the well now I'm you know now I'm off that trail and now I'm just in a parking lot which isn't very pleasant to me but here's appears to be an indicator for a trail maybe like at least now while I'm running I'm not even you know running very fast yet it's it's as if uh I'm not, I'm just not thinking so much about uh, loneliness or disconnect or, or anything like that. <clears throat> and, but at the same time, I can, I can still notice my thoughts to some extent, even while I run here. And I still feel pretty cognizant of you. And I wonder how this sensory information for you impacts your experience. I mean, you're still just getting sensory input from your screen and the speakers. that is a, a, a visual and sonic representation of me running and talking. But I have this suspicion that maybe that um, that that information entering your sensory organisms may stimulate you know a sympathetic response where you might although I, I'm guessing you're you're probably sitting somewhere uh, you might you might start to become a little bit more aware of your body and maybe you start to think about running yourself or at least start to think about moving your body like maybe you could even maybe if you wanted you could even like run in place or something or find either run in place while continuing to watch or just listen to this or like find a way where you can I don't know maybe you have some device that can 
maybe you have a smartphone that's able to stream this video and you could put on your headphones and run outside I don't know this isn't this is by no means any kind of injunction to do this But, you know, it's a possibility to think about. Now, I'll, I'll turn the camera around and then, like, simulate my point of view. Running up this hill. Like, why am I running? It's just like, you know, it's just like running from the pain of existence. That's all it is. Or actually, it's like, it's just, uh, it's just experiencing the pain of existence in a different way. Of like, I, I don't know, is it even pain? I'm not sure now. Maybe I'm. Maybe I've gotten myself uh, too ex exhausted to realize, or too too exhausted to understand what pain is, <clears throat> or uh, you know, too tired to think about it. But. Yeah, I wouldn't exactly, I wouldn't say that I'm suffering right now. I'm just, uh, I'm just breathing a little harder and my heart is beating a little faster. And I'm really thirsty. But, uh, certainly part of myself is is uh, once more of that wants to uh, experience my body you know continue experiencing my body more fully through this means of running and you know running on this trail in the woods it's like also my my visual senses engage because I have to watch where I step And at the same time, I'm talking to you. <clears throat> which seems like it might be kind of ordinarily uh, two kind of separated activities, you know, running through the woods and then uh, talking to a, uh, a, a, a geographically and temporally removed uh, listener. But it's not really, they're not really separate. They're, they're both, you know, they're both parts of this experience. Didn't need to say that. That was a useless thing to say. Of course they're parts of this experience. 
I feel maybe also a little bit less careful about what I say now, um, which is feels kind of a little like a slight uh, relief. I'm really thirsty, and I'm I'm about to like drink all of my water, but I still want to run some more. Here I am, back out on the road. What is it, you know, what, what would be, what would be the state for me to experience that would like, be, be totally free of suffering. I don't know what it is. <clears throat> like, maybe if I run fast enough and long enough, but is, am I experiencing suffering? It, it creeps in here, it creeps in here and there. It creeps in. The uh, the suffering of like, what am I saying? What am I gonna say next? Um, <clears throat> is this achieving anything? Is this good? Is this a waste of time? Like you know, running, just running. It's like, it's it's like just expending calories in the service of what? In the service of who? You know, just running, just so that I can like experience uh being in my body in, in a way that's like less slightly less alienated but you know here i am just running for only that reason and it's like why why do i have to do that what's what's up with this you know what's up with this experience of of modernity where you know i have to compartmentalize my uh exercise just to feel all right i mean this is this is a big complaint of modernity this alienation from our bodies and the compartmentalization of our lives And so, I'm registering that complaint here. It doesn't mean, but it doesn't mean I'm rejecting modernity. On the contrary, I'm incredibly grateful for very many aspects of modernity. Not in the least the possibility for this type of communication but you know <clears throat> there's the possibility for this type of communication but also somehow the necessity of it 
as weird as weird as this video is you know what's weird is what's also what's equally weird is the necessity of this video Oh, t don't tell me I've come to the end of the trail. Damn it. Now I'm just on this road, and the options seem to be go on the road or backtrack. Probably backtrack. Who wants to be out here? I'm, I'm still, I'm still suffering. There's still, there's still all this anxiety. Where's, where's the meaning? Where's the meaning and where's the satisfaction? Come on. Can't I just have like, like, can't I just have like some little bit of like, satisfaction in life but I guess I guess for satisfaction I guess I have to wait I guess that's what you just do you uh, wait and I guess you have to work towards it uh, but what is work other than just the absence of satisfaction? Isn't that all it is like in the, in the real like internal experience is the lack of satisfaction? Isn't that why you wouldn't go to work if you weren't getting paid? I might still do this if I wasn't getting paid. I'm not getting paid. Well, a little bit, a little bit. Where's my satisfaction though? I'm just gonna... I have some kind of confidence it'll come later. But still... I hold out, I hold out... I was gonna say I hold out hope... that I'll experience satisfaction in the future and it's it's true but at the same time from this perspective I'm recognizing the emptiness and the fleetingness of any form of satisfaction as soon as that satisfaction comes before I know it it'll be gone again and I'll be back in the in in, in the you know existential experience of work that is the absence of satisfaction, of yearning and wanting. Fulfillment of a whole host of desires. Why does this have to exist? Why does this state of desire have to exist? Why does the state of being have to ex why does 
why does this you know and it's like inherent in being and why does it have to or is it you know or is it is it can I just be without without lacking is is this lack is this lacking illusory somehow am I creating it now mentally Is it just this train of thought that is uh, meant that is mentally creating the uh, illusion of lack and want and desire? Is it because I'm lazy and I'm not running fast enough? Oh crap! Now I'm coming back after the road. Can't they just? Can't there just be a trail that doesn't take me immediately to the road? Alright, continue. Where the hell am I? Where? That's where I was. Was. I feel like I generally came from that direction somehow. How did I... How the... How the fuck did I end up doing this? How how did I end up How did I end up the guy who makes 4 hour long YouTube videos of walking and talking? Like what the fuck, you know? Do you do you ever have this experience in your life of like what the fuck? Like, how did I end up having, being this person? I'm not necessarily, I'm not complaining, exactly. I don't know, I, it was a complaint, but, you know. <clears throat> I have to recognize that I could be a lot worse off. Whatever, whatever that means, you know. <sighs> Maybe I shouldn't sigh, you know. Maybe that's an indulgent expression of my dissatisfaction uh, that is sinful. Um, a sinful reaction to my experience that uh, only serves to soften it for myself while uh, s spreading, spreading the negativity to others. But... Uh, Another part of me recognizes that this sigh expresses, uh, you know, a certain kind of exasperation with existence that you could potentially resonate and connect with. If I'm ex if I'm experiencing this kind of exas exasperation, then it's not it's not. Uh, impossible that you might also sometimes have this experience and be able to relate and why not relate to each other here because relating to each other seems to maybe provide some form of satisfaction
I'm not running now. I'll at least keep keep up the pace of walking. The running, the running uh, got a nice little little bit of uh, phlegm up in my throat that I was able to spit out. It always feels good to remove something from your body. or add something to your body, like food. I'm slacking off. I'm not talking. It's okay. It's okay if I continue talking in an exasperated tone. I'm at least telling myself, you know, I am feeling this exasperation and, and just like, you know, like what the fuck, just in, in regards to life as a whole, you know, just in, in, in more general terms, like existence, like why the, why the fuck, why the fuck do I exist? What, you know, what is the fucking point of this existence where it feels as if it's, I'm constantly unsatisfied. I'm ex experiencing this and expressing it and secretly, maybe not so, maybe not secretly, um, there, there, there may exist <clears throat> some other part of myself, some other thing that is becoming slightly more aware now, that is aware of the exasperation and is like observing it from a different, from a perspective that's not the exasperation itself. So maybe there's maybe there's some modicum of hope that there's something else but you know even as I started to say that I I actually started to like not even want not even want the alternative like I felt myself I felt I felt myself experience actually like some attachment to the exasperation like the exact I felt uh you know like I didn't want the exasperation to, to die away because, I don't know, somehow it felt uh, at least real or something like that.
and that um like and then and then like the the idea of like true satisfaction almost seemed like a threat it almost seemed like like it would be death and in a way it kind of is you know ultimate satisfaction would would equal death and life just is a state of of yearning and and lack that propels us forward through these uh you know unending series of um incomplete satisfactions But there has to be, there has to be some kind of enjoyment. There has to be some kind of like real experience of, of meaning and belongingness. Where is it, you know? Is that as if is is it as if like the only the only um, enjoyment in life is like it's kind of like like going to sleep and and like just like temporarily uh, numbing ourselves to to this 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 constant this constant state of 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 lack and desire. This constant state of unsatisfactoriness. It's like running and walking and and just standing and sitting those are all like those are all just different expressions of life that that seem to like correlate with different approaches to dealing with uh this state of unsatisfactoriness You can you can be 
you know, constantly running from it, running forward, running away from it. Or you can be just walk, like you can be standing still and just like standing in it and experiencing it or or sitting and really experiencing it or you can be or maybe like maybe walking is like the neutral between that where uh you're moving forward through it but you're not like you're not exactly like hurriedly uh running away from it that's, I mean, and that's not to privilege walking over any of those other things. They're all fine. They're all appropriate responses to life. I think I'm kind of scowling a little bit. Standing and scowling. This is this is my present response to life. Standing and scowling. Can I just allow myself to uh, continue being unsatisfied? Is that acceptable? Of course it's not acceptable. Unsatisfactoriness is by definition un unacceptable. It's unsatisfactory. Like on your report card. Do they still have report cards? Is that still a thing? Standing, standing doesn't really feel good. Walking feels reasonably appropriate. Although I have to keep paying attention because this trail has the, you know, thorns. It's just a general, a general, generalized state of unsatisfactoriness, you know, and I can, uh, I can witness myself um, attributing it to various objects, you know, maybe my environment, factors of my life, 
I'm in the middle of nature, you know? Isn't this supposed to be uh, pacifying? I don't feel pacified. Where's my, where's my tranquility? Is there is there secretly a, a some kind of tranquility and passive and 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 uh, and and satisfaction lurking behind uh, this presentation of um, agitation and exasperation? If it is, if it is, uh, I wish it would take over. I remember, I remember in the past, in past episodes of walking and talking, and I can remember these thoughts um, with some certainty because I vocalized to them. When you vocalize the thought, uh, it seems to be more certain that you actually thought it than if you don't vocalize it. I remember saying how I did feel directed by a higher, um, like a higher, I don't know, maybe a higher moral direction. Then, then, uh, is typically at play in my day-to-day -day life and that this higher moral moral direction uh, can can lead me to uh, do things that would otherwise not seem to make any sense but that I but the assured, the you know, like, but that I did feel, you know, the reality of this uh, higher moral direction. Or, or, or like higher uh, state of consciousness that, um, It's maybe not maybe not exactly um, accurate to describe it as moral, uh, or or if it is, it's a type of morality that 
is a little bit a little bit foreign well not a little bit but like you know very foreign from the typical from from the the more conventional forms of morality uh so maybe that maybe you know maybe i've had that experience in the past seems like that experience was real if i if i vocalized that unless i was being a little bit untruthful or if i was just uh self-aggrandizing is that experience here now i'm not sure you know I'm not sure. I feel, uh, like I don't know what ground I'm standing on. And you know, continually increase constant feelings of uh, of doubt about everything that I'm doing. About this, this act. You know, about this moment in particular, about what I'm saying in particular, and then expanded to this whole activity, and then expanded to, you know, my whole life as a person. But also, you know, I, I can't really, I can't truthfully, like, cling to, to that doubt, uh, because you know the the idea that the idea that i i might be like 100% flawed as a person like just like a person who should not exist wholly um uh that seems like rather implausible wouldn't you say um like like, would I ever think that about another person? Like, another person is just, like, like, entirely, like, doesn't have the right to exist? Or, like, uh, you know, should not exist? Or, or like, to, to say that, that another person, like, you know, just doesn't belong in reality? I can't imagine myself saying that about somebody else. So, uh, it's probably not actually true about myself and maybe it's, maybe it's even, maybe this is even a little bit, uh, extreme, a notion to, uh, entertain about myself, you know, maybe these doubts are a little bit, maybe they're a little bit extreme. Maybe I'm being a little bit dramatic. I'm probably being a little bit dramatic here.
I'm now I'm sure I'm being a little bit dramatic. When, you know, like the the real reality is like something that's just like is so much less dramatic that it's just like I'm just like here doing this and like that's it. And it, it's like it's not like something that's like it's there's not this huge drama in it it's like it's not it's certainly not something that's like this is not like some kind of heroic feat and and at the same time it's not something that's like uh like like a, a like a complete like glaring mistake and uh uh atrocity you know it's like it's just nothing nothing extreme like that and maybe to like maybe for me to like indulge in that kind of those kind of like dramatic ideas like either a that uh this is like some kind of monumental achievement or B that this is like, uh, like, like a monumental failure. Uh, maybe indulging in, in either of those is, is just like a way for me to kind of like just escape the more, much more dull reality of like that this just kind of is and I just kind of am and I'm just kind of like, you know, going through life and like, that's it. And, and you know, it's like, uh, neither, like, neither is there, um, a grand meaning to everything and a, a grand meaning to like what I'm doing. And, and neither is there some like, um, neither nor is there some great like uh vacuum of meaning there's there's no like dramatic lack of meaning either and like in some ways in some ways like even that's like a little bit disappointing to realize to realize that there's just like that uh yeah that that in, in some ways in some ways things are just like uh they're just not as dramatic as we make them out to be but you know maybe we maybe maybe we can just like appreciate our ability to to manufacture drama sometimes you know to just like add some variety to life or to kind of or to delude ourselves a little bit because uh, why not
So maybe like, maybe the task, I don't know. Maybe we can just like abide in this life without any illusions of its drama. But then like, you know, what's so so what's the reason of continuing to talk? It's like at the at the same time as uh, <clears throat> I mean, like, while, while simultaneously um, it's been pretty apparent that, that walking and talking is like uh, some kind of, it is a demonstration of um, of like the kind of emptiness of thought or something like that. At the same time, like, like now I'm thinking that like, uh, like thought is also not like dramatically empty. Um, it's like, it's not like I'm revealing some profound but hidden truth, uh, that, that all thought is meaningless. Uh, it's not really, it's like, there's, it's not anything that dramatic either. And, uh, you know, we're, in this episode, it's interesting that, like, so far, like, we haven't experienced any big reversals, which is something I was talking a lot about in the last episode, where, you know, so many times I notice uh, <clears throat> that I'm having one type of experience towards the beginning of the video, and then I'll find myself having the opposite type of experience towards the end of the video and like that's 
become such a noticeable pattern that I, I like begin to expect it even and I, I then I then I wonder if like that expectation is is in some way like uh, creating it or leading towards it more and 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 I wonder now if that's not starting to become a contrivance uh, or like uh, a type of assumption now an assumption that whatever I think and feel at the beginning of the video I'll think and feel the opposite towards the end of the video um, in this video that hasn't happened yet uh, sure there's still time but also I want to be very conscious now of like uh, questioning that framing of reality you know don't I don't want to I'm not going to assume that to be a static truth of course I'm not going to assume the static truth of of non-duality and, and reversal you know like how however fucked up that sounds like to 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 uh to not assume the static truth of there not being static truth and like that's that's a paradox Like to allow for the possibility that uh, allow for the possibility that like the kind of um, <clears throat> woo oh oh my god a dead it's a dead garter snake with its head missing maybe I'll spare you the sight I love snakes though ah. Uh, I was disappointed that it's dead. Um, yeah, like I, I, uh, I guess my thinking now is that I'm holding out for the possibility that the 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 sort of like the slightly like sad thoughts that I had towards the beginning of the video. And even and then like even the the more like exasperated feelings I had uh, towards the middle, um, like not hold on to this, um, not hold on to this promise that I'm going to experience the opposite truth of that, but allow for the possibility that maybe those things are actually kind of true but just like they're not like true in a dramatic way you know they're not like true in some like huge uh, surprising way you know maybe they're just like 
Maybe they're just like very ordinary things about life and about reality. And that uh, accepting that, like, uh, that I can abide in that ordinariness. Like, remember, but remember that part where I was like running, I was running and like, and, and, and talking kind of dramatically about, you know, expressing my exasperation about this constant state of unsatisfactoriness. Uh, you know, I, I wonder if like, just like emotionally, like physiologically, uh, that functioned as like some, some very mild form of catharsis. Uh, and then afterwards, after you have that catharsis, it's like you then have to like let go of that catharsis and then just like, uh, like, like really like accept the kind of like non-dramatic, like dullness and ordinariness of, of reality. Like the catharsis like trans transforms your experience to some extent. But to you have to let it function fully by like by not clinging on to the catharsis itself. And just like yeah, like like let go of, of grand narratives, you know? Of <clears throat> let go of of dramatic narratives. But it doesn't mean that I can't still run sometimes when I get bored of walking. spot before I think I remember there being a ton of ramps here I mean there are there are a ton but I mean like a ton a ton these guys there they are This is a pretty good patch I wish I could uh I wish I could have an experience of catharsis while picking ramps. 
but it seems like not aerobic enough of an activity for that. You gotta be dynamic, dynamic in your acceptance of different modes of being. You gotta accept, you gotta accept drama when you experience drama, and then you gotta accept dullness and ordinariness when you experience dullness and ordinariness. And, and boredom and uh, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe boredom is more like a response to experience. Maybe. I think so. I think like boredom to me uh, feels that word seems a little bit abstract. Like that. That's so, like boredom almost feels like a story. It almost feels like a narrative that I could tell myself about an experience that isn't that uh, necessary. Boredom is more like a, a generalization that seems to imply that I experienced I experienced the pain of being. Uh, while doing one activity for a long time. And when I say it that way, uh, that feels more accurate and, and less judgmental. Maybe if I pick these ramps fast enough that I, I'll experience catharsis. But you, there's a limit to how fast. But at least I, if I pick them fast enough, I'll, um, I'll engage, be engaging my, my capacities in a more full manner and be like running away, running away from the pain of existence by fully engaging my capacities. Is that true? I don't know. That just means like working hard. Does working hard help you avoid suffering? I don't know. It seems like it implies that you suffer while you work hard. I think it's, I think that's true. And then you, and then you get the enjoyment of the fruits of your labor and so maybe then you're not suffering for a while. Maybe. But then if you do too much enjoyment, then the suffering is going to creep back in because you won't be working hard. I don't know. Maybe it all fucking balances out. Does it all balance out? You do if you did absolutely you know nothing then you just die if you don't even like eat 
and then you stop existing, you stop existing as a person. Can you still hear me? Good. I know, I know, it's stupid. I know, look, I'm I'm picking I'm picking the ramps. It's it's stupid. I'm showing you a, a spectacle. I'm 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 mediating your experience. I'm directing you I, I'm like I'm stimulating your wants and desires towards other possible experiences. I'm, I'm like prompting you to wonder if you shouldn't be out in the woods foraging. It's stupid. But at least I'm at least I'm not going to give you any goddamn illusions that this is going to make you any happier. Nothing's going to make you happier. Uh, I don't know. That might not be true. Temporarily speaking, temporar temporarily speaking, we can I don't know. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is though, all I'm saying is that like you've got your suffering and I've got my suffering and everybody else has their suffering and it's all it's all kind of just like part of the same thing and it's all just like manifesting in, in various shapes and forms even if somebody appears actualized am I actualized I don't know How do you know if how do you know if you're actualized? If you're sitting around thinking, "Oh, I'm so actualized." Then maybe you're not actually actualized. Maybe when you're maybe when you're constantly experiencing, maybe you're when you're constantly running from and running with and and standing in and sitting in the pain of existence maybe that's when you're actually actualized maybe everybody's always actually actualized There's a bigger patch around here somewhere I seem to remember. I don't know if you can still, I don't know if I'm still in the frame.
But I'm coming back. Don't worry. I'm not going to abandon you. I guess this does feel, I guess this does feel generative. I feel like I'm saying things that uh, I haven't really thought before. Like at this, at this present moment, I guess I'm noticing that I don't feel like a fake. I don't feel like a phony. But we'll see how long that lasts. I'm kind of, I'm enjoying this yelling. It feels good to yell. Like, and, uh, it's because I'm at a distance from the camera that I'm yelling so you can hear me. And if I were closer to the camera, I wouldn't yell because I'd be, I would be too blasting your ears. But it just feels refreshing to talk at this loud volume. You know, a little variety. And to be like in the over in the side of the frame. I'm not I don't know if I'm still in the frame probably because of that fish eye will probably that fish eye'll capture me. But now I'm just standing like a little bit farther away from the camera and in the side of it instead of the middle and all up in your face and it's it's fun it's fun to be over here on the side of the video and shouting there's elements of humor here I'm experiencing it but if like the more the more I give into that acknowledgement maybe I don't experience it as fully but that's fine let go, let go of humor. It's funny that I'm in the side of the video and it's stupid. As soon as you find that it's funny, then you're also going to realize how stupid this is. And then, I don't know. I guess things being funny and stupid are not mutually exclusive. In fact, there's a lot of overlap there. What if I talked like this in normal interactions? Would I be the life of the party? 
What if I just like steamrolled over everybody in conversation? I'd probably be a lot more popular. You know, I feel, I feel kind of relatively uninhibited. A lot less inhibited than I feel in talking to people directly, that's for sure. Can this inform the rest of my communication? Can I just be can I just be bold about being stupid? It's just I don't I I know that anything I say is stupid. Well, as in, like, I have the subjective experience of stupidity if I, if I say something. Of partiality of truth, the incom incompleteness of truth, the unsatisfactoriness of things said, the incompleteness of communication, You can never fully express the complexity of your inner thoughts. And it's probably good because how could anyone even comprehend something that complex when they've got just, this, just as complex an experience going on in their own subjectivity? Have a nice day. I should have I should have saved that for the end. I should have saved that for the end. Do a little squat on the thorns.
do a little squat on the thorns and eat a ramp. I know, I know, I know, I know I'm indulging in like allowing myself to be light. <clears throat> not in my delivery deadpan delivery whimsical content tiresome self-reflexivity Absence of action. Lack of focus. Lack of skill, lack of talent, lack of entertainment, lack of utility, lack of reassurance. Lack of personality and charisma. No forethought. No thoughtfulness. unstructuredness overly self-critical lack of discipline moralizing Lack of warmth.
harshness and negativity. Just difficult, difficult. Lack of expertise. Lack of responsibility. Lack of direction. Overly harsh self-criticism. Lack of energy. Oh, maybe not so much. I'm just, I'm stopping to see, I'm stopping to see if I'm still suffering. What if I just, if I'm not thinking about suffering, am I still suffering? I don't know, probably in some way.
I'm just like wondering if I, to what extent should I, should I feel sad for all the suffering that is in the world? I mean, there's, there's obviously so much that I couldn't, like, I, I definitely couldn't, it wouldn't be possible to empathize with all of it fully, is it? Would it? But then, but then, doesn't that mean then, then I would just be suffering myself? Even more, if I'm only just empathizing? with suffering, and then there'd be more suffering. My suffering would be added to it. Uh, God, why can't I just like let go of these questions? Why can't I just like not have these questions? Why can't they just disappear? Why can't I just exist right now and feel okay? I must be, you know, I must be hanging on to something. I must, I must be hanging on to something. I must be hanging on to some unfulfilled desire. Like some kind of pain doesn't want to die. We're three hours in and this is this is this is our state. There's less than an hour left. What is going to happen? There's less than an hour left and there's this, I can't help but experience this irresolution. I feel an enormous pressure for something for something to resolve before it's over.
Otherwise, it would be a serious cliffhanger. I guess maybe that'd be all right. You know, the, the like emotional arc could extend uh, over more than one episode, maybe. Now, where did I come from? I think I'm going in the right direction. And if I think about, if I think about the emotional arc extending longer than the course of one video, it seems like I could up extrapolate that to my life as well. Wow, what if even like, what if even the, uh, like, the, like existential topography of existence even extends beyond my lifetime. Got to entertain that possibility. Where am I going? Meaning, like, what if, what if this state of unsatisfactoriness persists even to the end of my life? Seems like it will, right? Um, except for temporary, temporary mo moments of content of relative contentment. Is there an ultimate contentment when you die, or then, or do you get reincarnated, or does does just like you continue to exist in reality in some form or another that has some continuity with your life? But in these episodes, in these episodes, I almost always experience some kind of relief. Some kind of, some kind of sense making, some kind of emotional turnaround. Some kind of, some kind of contentment. But I can't see it from where I'm at.
I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I'm going. Neither geographically, nor mentally, nor emotionally, nor physiologically, nor spiritually. I feel like I'm on the wrong track. The, the, the wrong trail. Geographically speaking, at least. I'm not even going to be able to, uh, I won't even be able to do this for the, my whole life. Probably not. If I live long enough, um, my body will deteriorate to the point where I either can't walk or can't talk or can't really think so well, as well as I can now. And, you know, Even now, is this satisfactory? Like, if I'm ever to get any kind of resolution of, you know, understanding reality, like, don't have to do it soon before my faculties decline? I'm on the wrong path here. Oh, maybe not. Maybe I've been here before. Maybe have I have I been here before um, spiritually speaking lost? Yeah, I think so. I think I've experienced this before. I guess if I've experienced it before then it's a little bit less unfamiliar slightly more familiar and so maybe in that sense if I'm familiar with being lost then I'm not completely lost in a grander scheme of things
This is this is my response to reality though. I'll tell you that. I don't do this having not experienced reality. I do this having experienced lots of reality. I could, I could run more, or I could put more effort in focusing my thoughts. That might be, that might be something to do. Like, I guess I'm trying to do it now. I'm, um, like I'm devoting some of my attentional resources away now from uh, my external environment <clears throat> by just kind of keeping my my gaze just a few feet ahead of me where I'm walking so that I can just only use my sight enough to uh, keep me from tripping as I walk down this path. And then try to ignore interesting things that might appear in my peripheral vision and start to observe my speaking a little bit more closely and acutely. I'm, as I said that, like, um, kind of some remembrance popped up, um, some familiarity with this mode of speaking occurred. This familiarity with this mode of paying attention to my speaking. And it, it also feels, it feels both familiar and along with that, a slight discomfort of um, recognizing a, a pattern or recognizing something that I'm doing that I've done before at the same time it feels there's on another level it feels refreshing and new and that it contrasts with my mode of observation and talking during the rest of this video but along with that familiarity since it's it's merely a familiarity with um uh, a mode of attention paying I'm 
I'm also familiar with that that this repeated activity is one that has a potential to lead towards a state of awareness that is that that perceives time differently in such a way that it doesn't it's no longer perceived as something repeating but has the potential to to tap into uh, a more like time free mode of awareness and along with along with observing my speech a little bit more closely uh, I'm like kind of observing my body a little bit more subtly as well uh, especially in between speaking but along with observing my body more subtly now I notice that I can also observe the sensory input more subtly and like when I hear things I can hear I can experience them as more more acutely as hearing and less with this uh, reference of my the self in here and then the outside world which I'm hearing it's more experiencing the phenomenon of hearing uh, detached from the self other separation and I shouldn't say really detached but it's more attached it's like ex experience experiencing the phenomenon of hearing as really the connection between self and other but experiencing it so fully that it connects the self and other um, fully like the experience of self and other can merge uh, through the very close observation of hearing and it can also that can also happen through the very direct observation of the other senses as well and maybe even the observation of all senses very directly simultaneously if you can manage it but it can be helpful to practice on just one for a period And while I'm doing this, this, these notions that I can still remember my uh, speaking in the past, this notion of being lost uh, starts to disappear as like, kind of like my, it's, it's almost as if my, my locality, my, yeah, my locality in, in reference to 
the world is uh, blurred, if that makes any sense. It probably doesn't. But it's it's almost just like it's almost just to say that like I'm here and the world is here and and reality is here. And I'm noticing, as you might as well, <clears throat> uh, s a, a, a calming, at least, of this unsatisfactoriness. Welling of the of the exasperation. I still notice some thoughts referring to the future and some thoughts relating to practicalities, but they, they seem kind of like safely embedded in a background. being both connected with this reality and at home in it. And as I said that, then I, I felt physiological experience of like attention uh, of like um, some kind of sensation in my heart area and my throat area and I've definitely talked about this in the past It's just like, uh, and I'm, I'm in, like increase, increasingly noticing uh, some kind of sensitivity going on in this heart area and, and also in the throat area. 
and it's a feeling like that I know that if that if this feeling uh, increased a whole lot it would be the feeling of crying but probably but like more of a uh, crying of joy but then I then I think about I th that makes me think about if this the same physiological response can occur with with uh, things that we refer to as joy and also sorrow if those two emotions that seem opposed on the surface are not are not linked together as part of something that's a little bit more ambiguous in a physiological sense. And now when I experience myself breathing it feels calming. This, um, like having, like I feel able to fully experience existing here as, as like, you know, a, a life, an experiencer. And I don't feel exasperated at existence, and I don't feel the creeks that way. Uh, there is a creek that I came from that way, although it was I went around some various twists and turns, so I'm not have totally you, sure. Have you seen the blue? Um, I don't trail know if I've there. seen the blue trail. I've, this is the white one and I saw the yellow one up there. You saw the yellow one up there. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Hi. Hello. I wish I could remember whether I'd seen the blue trail. There was that, you know, I had that uh, very brief uh, interaction with another person and uh, and after that uh, 
I, I noticed myself smiling a little bit. I, I don't know if that was visible, but like, uh, at least internally experienced, you know, some kind of smile. I think I could have been more helpful. I really could have been more helpful if I had just described a little bit the general path that I came from. <clears throat> but then, but I guess, I guess I was, you know, preoccupied with talking to you and, you know, just in this mode felt, you know, just kind of like either too stuck in or too committed to this mode of just talking to you. Uh, and, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's my issue with uh, warmth. Like my, uh, maybe that was like a missed opportunity for, to be more warm and helpful. But, oh well. You know, maybe I could run back right now and help, but maybe that's like too weird. But you know, they'll probably find it. And then even if they don't find it, then uh, they'll have to do some existential work of learning to accept reality and then it'll benefit them in the long run. You know what I'm saying? She seemed to be wearing a shirt uh, that seemed to indicate some kind of uh, either Buddhist or uh, Eastern religious organization. So I'll just like be confident that uh, <clears throat> that she she knows how to accept things. That's cold, right? That's a jerk thing to say. You don't just like, you don't just be cold to people because they're nice enough to handle it. Maybe I was too preoccupied about wondering where the hell I'm going. Maybe, maybe I should have asked her, maybe I should have asked her where the hell is that parking lot that I came from. We could have helped each other. Oh well. I can just, you know, I'll continue doing this. And, uh, you know, let go of that interaction. You know, I, yeah, I was, you know, I had started to, um, started to f get a lot more focused and a lot more calm. So let's get back on that track, you know?
I, I feel it coming back now. Um, just, I won't worry about, oh, here's the blue trail right here. Sheesh. Anyhow, back to being focused and tranquil. Here we are, walking and talking in a focused and tranquil manner. There's, uh, there's a slight element of uh, humor going on, I believe. There's a slight, uh, there's a mild, just a mild lightness, um, a mild flippancy. That seems that seems to be uh, lightening the load a little bit. There's still the uh, there's still the fact of me being kind of um, geographically lost because uh, I don't really recognize any of this. Now I now I seem to be on the blue trail. I'm on the okay, I'm on the blue trail and the white trail apparently. That lady looked really familiar. Oh yeah, I'm, I definitely was not here earlier. This is definitely a place I have not been today. And those ladies are definitely walking in the opposite direction from this creek. But they might run into it farther down. externalities you know one little interaction happens and then uh, it incites a whole cascade of thoughts but that's fine it's a it's it's a relief for you maybe it isn't maybe it's maybe it's maybe it feels like the chaff. Maybe it's filler. We want we want this walking and talking to be all killer, no filler. can't believe I'm talking right now it almost it almost doesn't feel like I'm talking 
It almost just feels like I'm inside a stream of thought. But I'm just continuing to like try and focus and like keep my gaze relatively consistently just like a f few feet in front of me and and just walk at a fairly <clears throat> consistent pace and then just hone in a little bit more what's going on in here this is kind of getting back this is kind of getting back to the earlier walking talking episodes this is what I was doing more of not all of this like it was more like durationally remaining in this hyper focused state uh, more acutely analyzing my thoughts um, and then somehow what emerged from that was like more elaborated ideas, apparently. Which I'm not complaining about. But in this episode, this seems to be the solution to quell the anxiety and exasperation of life. At least for the duration of this video. I'm able, you know, with a, it feels like a little bit of, it's more like just a balancing act now, like, or like driving down a road of just like keeping it kind of centered and not veering off to one direction or the other, but it's not like an enormous effort required to remain calm here. There's some, there's just a little bit of direction, just a little bit, you know, nudging left and right as if you're driving down the highway.
<clears throat> and then the, but then this question comes to me like what is this life like is it is life just consist of like trying to stay calm Is that the meaning of life? Try not to freak out too much. That might be, that might be, that might be. I don't know, you, you freak out, you, you have to freak out sometimes. You gotta freak out for a while so that you can then chill out. Let's get back to talking for a bit. You know, there's only about 15 minutes left. Let's make the most of this time. Let's just continue feeling really chill, because why not? I'll keep saying some words, but not at a super rushed pace. I'll try to stay focused and observing myself talk. And I wonder if uh, I wonder if any novel thoughts are going to actually come up in this. <clears throat> you know, for all that exasperation, 
It did seem to generate some energy. And it certainly, from this perspective, has a belongingness. I think there's, there still exists uh, some states of, of desire here, <clears throat> but I feel able to exist with them without freaking out. with the knowledge that there is no immediate satisfaction of these desires, I feel able to just observe them, hopefully, as just physiological states. Now, which way gets me out of here is the question. What's, you know, what's the best use of our last, our last minutes together? I guess just continuing to feel really chill is fine, is good enough. Is it? Do I feel as profoundly chill as I possibly could? Now that's a question. Do I feel a profound resolution? Not exactly. Not profoundly. But I feel uh, good enough to move forward. What? When am I not moving forward? Do I feel assured of the quality of this video? Ah, I'm not so sure. I'm pretty sure I'll keep making more though. Maybe, maybe this is one of those 
maybe this is one of the first walking talking episodes where like the uh that ends on an irresolute note and it's a cliffhanger to, so to speak I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not ending in crisis, that's for sure. But it's not exactly the total uh, gratification and contentment either. It seems, to, it seems to imply that the journey has to continue. I've like I've come out to some parking area but it's not the one that I'm looking for. So I think I got to I got to figure out where I am. And and so I can get home. We're back out to, you know, pavement. And I'll, you know, I'm like, for now, uh, almost done with this, this uh, examination. Being under the being under the magnifying glass. So that's kind of a relief. Or, you know, as I'm looking forward to being out from the magnifying glass. And then I can I can go and experience pleasure if I want. I mean, maybe I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't, to be honest. Probably shouldn't ever experience pleasure.
think this is the wrong way. I'm getting so lazy, so lazy at the end of this. like just a video. <clears throat> I don't feel assured if it's quality yet. It's something though. I'm going to have to maybe extend my faith. Extend my faith that, you know, this might be kind of a cliffhanger episode that doesn't experience full spiritual resolution, but extend my, I'll extend my faith that I'll experience that full, I will experience some spiritual resolution in the future. But, uh, you know, every time I find myself talking about the future, I'm like, is that my mistake to be thinking about things that way? And can I, can I drop off of that and, 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 and drift into this more t timeless awareness again? I had some brief, just brief hints of that today really brief and not as strong as some other times, I suppose. But at least there's a thing that I'm oriented towards, a state that, a state that I feel oriented towards strengthening. I feel oriented towards existing more and more in a state that has no orientation per se And I can also have faith that this is also, this does remain part of this recalibration process and that uh, the dif difficulty experienced in this episode is productive. And, you know, as I say that I I feel aware of the inadequacy the the inadequacy of the this dualistic mode of thinking is this where is this where I go shit I don't know dog this looks vaguely familiar I wish I could like rewind the video and watch 
and figure out where I came from. I might just take longer than just than just searching. Well, I think this is about it. I would almost say I would go longer, but I won't I won't make you or I go through that at least this time. I really sincerely thank you for watching. I really mean it. And I know it's been difficult. And I'm really impressed by your willingness to go through this difficulty with me. And like just for now, I just want to like um tell you like i i'm going to i i have uh i have some kind of faith that um the meaning of all this will will crop up at some point in the future as long as we stick with it and so like that's my encouragement to you and it goes for goes for walking talking and life in general So, you know, keep keep the faith. And uh, I'll see you next time. All right, bye.